What's going on, guys? Back at it again with a 20th and Blake podcast, part of MileHighSports.com. I am your host, Luke Zalman. Um, back at it again after Anilo Piro took over for a few days. Um, he's amazing at this, so really not not a downgrade by any means. He's probably an upgrade. Um, but just just wanted to touch on the entire homestand. Um, if you're looking to get you know a little information behind the scenes, go to MileHighSports.com. Um, I have a piece about kind of how the the two units between pitching and hitting are avoiding a division, even though sometimes one of the units has struggled, the other one has struggled, um, kind of how they're avoiding that. Anilo has a piece up on Marcus Stroman and kind of what why the Rockies should finally pull win now moves, considering how deep their system is. Um, why, you know, now's the time. Uh, he also has a piece about Jeff Hoffman. I have another piece about Kyle Freeland explaining um, kind of what happened uh, through the eyes of Kyle Freeland, through the eyes of Chris Iannetta, his catcher. Um, so be sure to go check that stuff out on Mile High, Mile High Sports. If you missed any games, um, we have recaps of each game up right after the final pitch. Um, hardly ever after that. Uh, we like to stay pretty consistent with it right up after the game. So whoever missed it, you know, it's it's up right after the game ends. They can kind of you know, sort through it. Maybe they missed an inning at the end. Maybe they missed a couple at the beginning. Um, that's always going to be up. But as far as the homestand went, um, absolutely amazing homestand for the Rockies. Their record is now 31 and 27. Um, and that's crazy to think about because they started three and 12. So if you do the math since then, they're 28 and 15 since their bad start. Um, just unbelievable. Their run differential has gone from, you know, below the ground low to plus 14. Um, they're 10th in the MLB as far as record goes, uh, half game out of the final wild card spot in the NL. Um, and the run differential is 15th in the MLB. So right there in the middle, um, not too, you know, not astronomically great, not astronomically bad, uh, right there in the middle. Um, during that homestand, they did hop both the Padres and the Diamondbacks. So now they're second in the NL West. But that being said, they're still nine games behind the Dodgers. Um, I would argue that the Dodgers look like the NL's best team right now. Um, they're just ridiculous. Bellinger has been floating around 400 all season. Rich Hill's been great. Walker Bueller's putting it together. Clayton Kershaw's been good. Hinjin Ryu is probably the leader in the clubhouse for NL Cy Young this year. Um, they've just been absolutely ridiculous. So for the Rockies to be that far behind them, um, they can just join along with all the other teams that are ridiculously behind the Dodgers. Um, but they went nine and one on the homestand that tied their franchise record for wins in a 10 game homestand. Uh, last time they did that was September, the beginning of September, um, 2009. So it's been a while since they've done this. Um, and they've also won, they've also won eight straight games. Uh, first time since 2018, um, September of 2018. Um, they've just been great. I mean, in their season high, four games above 500, um, but as I was saying, the Dodgers are so far ahead and looking at the Dodgers numbers. So the Rockies are plus 14 in run differential and 31 and 27. The Dodgers are far greater than that. In their last 10 games, they've gone nine and one. I believe they're 41 and 17, 25 and seven at home. And their run differential is plus 94. So that's 80 runs better than the Rockies. 
Um, that's their record is second best behind the twins. Um, and their run differential is third best behind both the twins and the Astros in the AL. Um, so they're the top dog in the NL right now. Um, they've been rolling ever since the beginning of the season when they had that, uh, that road trip against the Rockies, um, just demolished them, demolished them on Sunday night baseball as well. That, that is one of the best teams. So the Rockies series is starting to be put into perspective a little bit against, uh, that Dodgers team at the beginning of the year. And that Dodgers team didn't even have a Walker Bueller rolling, um, didn't have, you know, a Corey Seager that was hitting, um, they've gotten better since then. Um, so they're just going to be great. Who knows what happens in the postseason? It seems like the Dodgers are amazing every regular season, um, kind of fall apart in the postseason. But as of right now, it's hard to argue any team is better than them in the National League. Um, they're just great. But as far as the Rockies go, their offense on the homestand was absolutely amazing. Um, 329 average as a team in that 10 game homestand and they got on base at 397 that's good for a single player much less an entire team um they had 40 walks during the stretch um and that's most of any 10 game stretch of the year for them um and with those walks it starts a snowball effect many things change when you start to walk only four starters on the homestand went six or more innings, and only one went seven or more innings. Um, they forced pitchers to throw a ton of pitches. Stroman, Stroman is the one that went seven or more, but even he threw 30 in the first inning. Um, just ridiculous. They made Edwin Jackson throw 34 in the first inning, I believe. Um, they were just forcing people to pitch, and that goes back to an original... An original philosophy that Dave Magden brought over from the Diamondbacks, and that was to swing at the pitches that you can do something with, swing at the pitches that you can be productive with, and let others go. Granted, you were going to watch some strikes, and every now and then, um, Zach Granke kind of proved it, every now and then you're going to get a guy that's just going to strike, strike, strike. And you're going to start to fall behind a little bit because of that mindset, but that's very seldom that that's going to happen. So overall, they're looking to swing at good pitches as opposed to swinging at any strike. Um, so that means normally for most hitters, that means the inner two thirds of the plate, um, not many hitters hit the outside ball very well. Um, and that's, I mean, that's been huge for them. They finally started to put it together on offense. Um, and the walks are a huge part of that because they're no longer chasing quite as much. Um, they only struck out 74 times during the homestand. Um, if you think about, if you try to put that in a context, the double digit K games that they had double digit punch outs, they had one in that 10 game homestand and the 10 games before that they had five alone. And that includes, um, that 24 strikeout, um, the huge strikeout performances against the Phillies, against the Red Sox. I mean, they were striking out in an astronomical rate, um, and it's it's been huge for them. Going back to the runs that they scored in, or the walks that they were able to get in the first inning, the pitches they were able to get thrown, they scored 14 runs in the first inning of that 10-game homestand, and that's with a couple games where they scored zero. I think half of the games they scored zero. Um, and after the homestand, their first and second inning are now their two highest scoring innings. And that's crazy to think about when you think they didn't score a run in the first inning till their 17th game. 
They didn't score a run in the second inning until their 16th game. So they went this entire long stretch at the beginning of the year, nearly a fourth of their games without scoring a single run in the first and second innings. And now those are their two highest scoring innings. Um, they have been jumping on teams of late and it has been huge for their success. Um, when you're able to give your starter a huge lead from the beginning, when you're able to spot a John Gray four runs, when you're able to spot a Herman Marquez three runs, even a Jeff Hoffman or, or you know, all the other starters that they have, even Kyle Freeland was getting support. Jeff Hoffman has been getting support. Tyler Anderson even got a little bit of run support now that he's out. Senzatella's been getting run support. When you're able to give your pitchers run support from the beginning, that takes so much weight off their shoulders. They no longer have to be perfect. And that is what the pitchers were being forced to do in the early part of the season. The Rockies' offense was basically forcing them to be perfect. And that's why you had the blow-up games. Because the second something would go off, or they would walk a guy in error, you know, they'd allow a, sing a solo home run. Then it would start to snowball because they're like, shoot, I'm not perfect anymore. So now everything is putting more and more pressure. And the offense could see that. If you talk to Nolan, if you talk to Trevor, if you talk to even Charlie at the beginning of the year, they were pressing because they wanted to give their pitching support, their pitching staff the support that they needed to, you know, to not have that extreme weight on their shoulders. Um, Nolan Arenado during the homestand was the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, his hitting streak is now at 13 games. That's the third longest of his career. And over that 13-game span, he's hitting 481. Um, just ridiculous. He has four doubles, five homers, and 17 RBIs. Um, I mean, you can't ask for much more out of Nolan Arenado. For the entire month of May, he hit over 400 um, he'll probably win player of the month. Um, could be Josh Bell. Um, who knows? I would I would think it would be Nolan, but there's a lot of good players swinging the bat really well in the NL. Um, but he was ridiculous in the month of May, and he really buoyed their offense. And when they lost Charlie Blackman, Rymel Tapia stepped up. So they had Nolan leading for the middle of the lineup, and Rymel Tapia's career-long hitting streak is up to 12 games now after today. Um, before that, his previous high was five games, so he's he's in truly unprecedented territory for him. Um, he's never put something together like this, and his speed at that top spot, I talked about it a little bit in my lineup change podcast, um, his speed is a weapon. Um, you saw it in last night's game. He hits a what would probably be a single for many other hitters right up the middle, right to the outfield, tries to stretch it to two, and then the outfielder makes a mistake. Then he bobbles the ball, then throws it wayward, and Tapia ends up at home. Um, Dahl did the same thing later in the game, stretched a single into a double. Bud Black says that they've been preaching that the entire season, but it is, it's, it's ticked up for sure. Um, there's no arguing that Trevor Story has tried to extend singles to doubles. David Dahl has tried to extend singles to doubles. Tapia has been extending hits. They're all trying to extend and get extra bases. And every now and then it's not going to work out. Uh, the other day, Ian Desmond had a double off the wall. Tried to extend it into a triple. Ended up getting thrown out. Uh, you never want to make the first out at third base. Um, that's kind of a cardinal sin for uh, for baseball. But... Bud immediately said, this is what I want our team to be. I want us to be aggressive because it puts so much pressure on the defense. 
they're constantly rushing. They're constantly, you know, in the back of their head, they know the Rockies are aggressive and we have to play an aggressive style of defense. And that's when mistakes start to get made. David Dahl was great as well. I said, you know, he extended that single to a double. He's been trying to do that more and more. Um, and over his last 12 games since May 22nd, he has seven multi-hit games. He's hitting 457 over his last 12 games. Um, he went two for four today. Um, and over his last five, he's 12 for 20, 600 batting average. Um, he's been ridiculous in the middle of their lineup, and they've been experimenting with him a lot at that three spot. They've been rolling out with Rymel one, Trevor Story two, David Dahl three, Nolan four, and man, it has worked out amazingly because David Dahl, he's battled a lot of freak injuries in his career, but he is he's a superstar. I mean, it's hard to argue that he's not. Um, he is just an absolutely great hitter. He's been among the lead leaders in batting average all year, which, I mean, you could take it with a grain of salt. Batting average can only tell you so much of the story, but he's starting to get his power back. His on-base percentage is, you know, peaking around 400. Um, he's just been great for them, and that's completely changed their lineup. Ian Desmond's been on fire lately. I mean, in the last month, he's hit almost 400. I mean, in the last four weeks, almost a month. Um, he's hit almost 400. Um, Ian Desmond has made all these changes throughout the year. He's not putting the ball on the ground as much. He was practicing with a very high velocity pitching machine and they're starting to pay off. People are starting, were starting to give up on him if they hadn't already. Um, and he's kind of showing them, wait a minute, I'm still a good hitter. Um, and he loves to be a team leader as well. He's a great clubhouse influence. I think that the value of Ian Desmond may never live up to the contract he signed, but that's not his fault. He signed what was offered to him. So holding the contract against him is really unfair in the grand scheme of things. Um, overall, he's starting to give them the type of production they need. And that leads me to the catching position. Tony Walters and Chris Iannetta have been great for the Rockies this year. Um, Chris Iannetta hits another home run this year. Um, just a ridiculous home run. R super deep. Um, 470s, I believe, or 469. Um, I'm losing the number in my head, but just a crazy number. He's, and he's reached base in nine of his last ten stars. He's hit safely in eight of them. Um, he's homered in three of his last seven. And a big part of it, over his last 10 starts, he's hitting 343. He got new contact lenses. It's kind of a silly thing to think about. Um, I know that the most prevalent case that people have heard of of the contact lenses was Steph Curry this year for the Warriors. Um, gets contact lenses, his three point percentage soared. That's what's happening to Chris Iannetta, but on the diamond. Um, he got new contacts, and he has just been raking. Um, and for him to be hitting this well, Gives them so much better of an offense because Walters is hitting over 300. Has been all year. Um, and for them to have Chris Iannetta produce as well is just, I mean, they decided to stand pat with their catching position. Not go after Yasmani Grandal. Not go over go after the Kurt Suzuki's, um, the Jan Gomes. You know, all these catchers that were on the market didn't go after Real Muto. And it's paying off for them. I don't know if it's more luck or smarts on their part. Um, but it's been a godsend for their offense because their catchers are almost always going to hit eighth. And if they can produce at that eight spot, it changes the entire complexion of their lineup. 
Um, hitting was absolutely amazing on the on the homestand. Uh, 70 runs, like I said, just a great homestand from an offensive perspective. And the pitching started to get it going a little too. Um, in the 10 games, 8 of the 10 starters went 5 or more innings, and 6 of them allowed 3 or fewer runs. Um, just great. Senzatella was pretty good. Hoffman had one good, one bad. But John Gray and Herman Marquez are looking like a great one-two punch at this point. Over the homestand, both had two starts. Marquez went through 13 and a third innings. Uh, Gray went 12 innings. Um, they both combined in those innings to allow eight earned runs. Um, struck out 20. In Gray's numbers, he went 12 innings and had two earned runs in his two starts. And it likely would have been even better if he didn't have that blister. Um, he's starting to develop a hot spot on his hand, and it kind of changed his end of game, you know, his end of game effectiveness. And his last start last night, um, walked two guys in a row. I mean, he really started to lose it at the end, and it was because of that blister. It was really starting to affect him. Who knows how far he could have gone because he was really efficient. I believe he was only at about seventy pitches. Um, going into his last inning of work, he he left with 84. Um, he likely could have gone eight eight plus innings in that start if that blister hadn't flared up. So he was just great. Their starters ERA among their current rotation, which is John Gray, Jeff Hoffman, Antonio Senzatella, and Herman Marquez, is 4.37 when you combine their season long numbers. If you look at where that would rank in the NL, that would be 11th in the NL, but if you include the Tyler Anderson and Kyle Freeland and Chad Bettis starts, they're dead last. So they actually go up with their current rotation. Kyle Freeland got sent down. Anderson may be out for the year. Bettis is in the bullpen now, which, by the way, he has been absolutely amazing. He pitched another scoreless inning today, and his scoreless streak is at 11 and a third innings. I mean, he strung together five consecutive relief outings in which he pitched more than one scoreless inning. That was snapped today, but that was a streak that he had kept prior to today, and that was tied for the longest such streak in franchise history with Adam Ottavino. Um, he has become slightly their new Adam Ottavino. I mean, Otto went to the to the Yankees. It was a big loss. I will totally admit that that loss was it was huge against their bullpen. Um, but Chad Bettis has just been great, and he's talked to Bud Black. He's talk to Fosty, um, and he's told him, I want to be in the bullpen. He wants to be a bullpen arm. It allows him to use his upper 90s stuff and not have to pace himself. Um, and he absolutely loves the role. Got his first save the other day. So he's been great. Overall, the Rockies had an absolutely amazing homestand, and it bodes well for the rest of their season, heading to Chicago, heading to face the Mets in New York. Um, overall, they're just, they look like a completely different team than the team they were early on in the year with that three and 12 start. So be sure to check milehighsports.com. Look for our newest pieces. Look for the newest podcasts that are coming up. Um, try to go every other day. Um, so be sure to keep checking, leave, leave a couple comments. If you have any, you know, any, you know, advice for the podcast, anything that you would like to see, leave questions in my DMS at Luke Zalman on Twitter. Um, leave Anilo questions if you want. Um, be sure to be interactive because we love the interaction. Uh, love to be able to answer questions and I will talk to you next time guys.